Hello, Albuquerque. I am your host, Becca Marie, and you are listening to my new show, Freedom Speak, where fake news comes to die, right here on Albuquerque's Conservative Talk, KDAZ 96.9 FM, 700 AM, and listen from anywhere at conservativetalkabq.com. I wanted to announce a few things that I've been working on so that you guys can interact with me a little bit more. Eventually, this show is going to be going live, and hopefully that's going to be in a few weeks. Uh, they're building a brand new studio here. It's going to be really awesome. I'm going to have uh, phone lines for you guys to call in, text in. I'll have social media where you can uh, interact that way as well. And so also I've been building a website, which is coming along pretty well. It is freedomspeakwithbeccamarie.com, and that is B-E-C-C-A-M-A-R-I.com. And on there, I've got resources that you can download. I, I'm posting links to things that I like that are great resources for you to find out information. I've been posting, I've got a link on there, a page on there, where you can listen to replays of all the previous shows. And what I will be adding soon is I will also be adding show notes to each one of those shows for each of those weeks so that you can go through, you can look at links to resources I used. I always try to use, whenever I talk about something, I always have resources that I use. And I would like for you to be able to look at those and do a lot of your own research. Don't take my word for anything. I'm always saying that. Don't take my word. I do the best I can to verify things that I say when I believe that they are actually factual. I also bring up my opinions as well. I mean, after all, this is a talk show. Anyway, so I want to go into talk a little bit about the right to privacy. I've been thinking about that quite a lot. I did a little bit of research on it, so I thought I'd open the show with that. Remember how so many people, especially those on the left, would constantly be going on and on about our constitutional right to privacy? That used to be a big talking point for the left. Not so much anymore. They don't seem to care about that anymore. Remember how the left was always demonizing big corporations as being evil and using people like slave labor? Now those same people are praising the big corporations for imposing mandates on their employees and customers. They're also supporting keeping us diseased, unvaxxed people out of places of business, refusing us medical treatment, and even throwing us into prison. They're all for all that kind of stuff. While everybody is being distracted by the war in Ukraine, a vaccine passport is being pushed through. Bet you didn't know about that. Isn't this a violation of your right to medical privacy? The Constitution does not specifically give us a right to privacy, un unlike what a lot of people will say. But, like I have mentioned numerous times, the Constitution does give us rights. It exists to guarantee, it does not give us rights, sorry. It exists to guarantee the protection of our God-given inalienable rights. Let me give you some examples. The first, exam uh, first example is the First Amendment allows the privacy of beliefs. The Third Amendment protects the privacy of the home against any demands to be used to house soldiers. Quartering, in other words. The Fourth Amendment protects the privacy of a person and possessions from unreasonable searches. Now remember person in that, from unreasonable searches. And the Fifth Amendment gives the privacy of personal information through preventing self-incrimination. So you're not required to provide your personal information if it will incriminate you. Think about that. I'm going to talk about that. The Ninth Amendment says that the enumeration of certain rights as found in the Bill of Rights cannot deny other rights of the people. 
while this is a vague st statement, court precedent has said that the Ninth Amendment is a way to justify looking at the Bill of Rights as a way to protect the right to privacy in a specific, specific way not given in the first eight amendments. <clears throat> as early as 1923, the Supreme Court recognized through decisions that the liberty given in the 14th Amendment guarantees a relatively broad right of privacy. Now, remember that word guarantees it. Guarantees it. it doesn't give you that right. In regard to procreation, child rearing, merit, child rearing, there's that word, marriage, and medical treatment termination. In the Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment, it states, no state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws. More recently, the Supreme Court has acknowledged the right to privacy. For example, in the 1990 case, Cruzan versus Missouri Department of Health, the court found that individuals had the right to make their own decisions about terminating medical treatments that were life prolonging. In other words, if you don't want to accept a medical treatment that is supposedly going to save your life, according to whoever, you don't have to accept that medical treatment. You can choose to not take that medical treatment, and if the consequences of that are that you pass away, that is your choice to make. The U.S. Constitution, state constitution, Supreme Court precedent, and HIPAA laws already clearly protect our right to make personal medical decisions and to not be discriminated against for refusing to share our personal information. Yet these rights are now being violated on a daily basis. Corrupt politicians and their accomplices, accomplices in mainstream media are pushing a narrative. And because most people don't know the law and understand that rights are not given by the government, many people are giving up their freedom. I would like to finish my open with a quote from Samuel Adams, which I find to be very applicable to our world today. If every time should come when vain and aspiring men shall possess the highest seats in government, our country will stand in need of its experienced patriots to prevent its ruin. So, that all being said, I've got a couple of really good patriots in here with me in the studio today that I think you're going to really enjoy hearing from. I've got actually one of my newest advertisers, Asa, from Ribs Barbecue in Cedarcrest. And I've been talking about Ribs Barbecue now for over a year. Even when I was on the other show, I was talking about Ribs Barbecue because it's like some of the most awesome food around anywhere. And even if you're not in the East Mountains like I am, it's worth the trip into the East Mountains to go there. And they've got like, just off the top of my head, they've got like the best pulled pork. They've obviously got the best ribs in town. Anywhere, actually almost anywhere I've ever been, they've got the best ribs. And I love their steaks too, by the way. I often go there and get a ribeye and their baked potatoes, of course. So anyway, not to mention Asa and his partners at that restaurant are all big time patriots. And they've got a line of products that they've now put on their website, ribsbbq.com, called Carnivore Con Contraband. And so I want Asa to tell you a little bit about himself, a little bit about what he's doing, a little bit about what he stands for, and he's going to be joining us on the conversation for a little while today. So 
Asa, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. <laughs> Thank you for that uh, humongous introduction. I don't know if I deserve it, but... <laughs> yes, you do. So, uh, I'll tell you a little bit about myself, and then I'll kind of fast forward um, from there and just see where we land. So, um, so I'm a native New Mexican, grew up in the South Valley, moved to the East Mountains when I was approximately 13, 14 years old, attended high school up there. I uh, started working at the restaurant at that time. I was 15 years old, I believe, when I first started working there. First job was a busser, actually. And I uh, played that game for a long time. I moved from busing to dishwashing to prep cook to cook to lead line cook, and then finally like manager and sort of a general manager position. Um, but I decided I'm gonna go to school. Uh, I'm gonna go get that, that uh, white, collar white collar job that everyone says I'm supposed to have. Um, spent about nine years in school, made it through master's program at University of UNAM, Anderson School of Management. Then I got that desk job, did that for four or five years and realized, mm, maybe I don't wanna die behind my desk. I'd rather be running around on my feet. And so the opportunity to acquire ribs came around in around 2015. Myself, my wife, her sister, her sister's husband, <laughs> and the husband's brother, the five of us all got together and said, yeah, maybe we can make this work. So in 2016, we acquired ribs in Cedar Crest, um, and we've been just kind of running ever since. Um, it, it's kind of a funny joke. So the previous owners, the two main folks that were running it were two brothers, and uh, and there, so there's two of them and there's five of us. And there's five, with the five of us, we're still wishing there was 10 of us. It's just never enough bodies to do the work, right? Yeah. Um, what makes that restaurant pretty, or what made us pretty unique and what actually, you know, in a roundabout way really helped us um, weather the, the pandemic. Plandemic. Yeah, or whatever word you want to use. Yes. The, the thing. The thing. The two-year run, the two-week, the really long two weeks that we've been all suffering. Um, was that for the, the first five and a half years, none of the owners took any salaries. We 100% took all the money, reinvested into the place, employees, growth, um, replacing equipment, making things more efficient, everything we could possibly do to just make the restaurant better. Um, and then you, you know, you, all of those things happening, all of us were still keeping our day jobs. So I was still working at Sandia National Labs um, through this entire time. Um, the, the two brothers, they had their blacksmith shops and my wife and her sister were raising young kids. And so we were all had full-time plus other jobs throughout this entire thing. Um, and then 2020 happened and it was right when things were actually starting to look good for the restaurant in the sense that like, okay, we're, we have this thing figured out. I think we're at a place where we can start making, you know, positioning ourselves a little bit differently, um, for the owners and, and start moving in that direction a little bit. And Obviously, and this time in two years ago, it was, it was, I'm pretty sure St. Patrick's Day or right around that was the time that this happened. It's pretty much a, almost an exact two-year anniversary since New Mexico first started implementing the lockdowns. Um, and, it, and it all, you know, it all was thrown in the air. We had to completely reposition the company. Um, costs were on the rise. Revenues were on the down. Labor was everywhere. And we had to go through all the motions to try to figure out the company. Um, I can't remember exactly how long into it, maybe about four or six months into the, into the lockdowns, um, we were, the restaurant was hurting pretty bad. 
we were at a place where we we had to start making really serious decisions. Or I can we, imagine we were going to go away. Um, we were at the point where in the first 90 days, I think we were already down six figures. We'd already lost six figures out of the bank account. Like real money in the bank was gone. You know, a lot of businesses didn't make it. Exactly. It's, it's I'm really, really glad you did. Well, and it's that's kind of was when I'm, my point with the the owner. If the owners were relying on that place for incomes, we would have we would have failed. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't have been able to survive. Um, and so four or six months into this thing, you know, we were all kind of like, we're in the same position, right? This is something's wrong. It's not right. You know, your, your spidey sense is going off. It's been going off for months at this point. And so I put this thing up at the restaurant called the ribs library of freedoms. Um, and it was interesting because I was telling the other owners, I'm like, you know, I'm going to put this $90 sign out that's red, white, and blue with that on it. And I was like, this is kind of a big risk because now we're positioning the company, which I never, you know, going to business school and doing all these things my whole life, I never wanted to be the company that had like a political affiliation. I just wanted to serve barbecue and, and do the best we could possibly offer for exceptional customer service, all of those types of things. But that time is come and gone, right? Yeah. It's, it, the, the time to take a position is now. Um, and so um, we hung this $90 sign up and, uh, you know, all the risks to the wind. We were already at the point where we were we were fit. We we were potentially going to fail and go away. So I was like, "Heck with it. What can? How bad can this be?" And so under the ribs library freedoms that we hung in the restaurant when we were on takeout only, I put. It started out with just contact information and legislation on. Uh, basically, um, it was the the legislation that had happened a couple of terms ago or a couple of sessions ago to pull back power from the from the executive right, office. Right, we got to right? do that. Right, to limit their ability to have these executive orders just go on forever. Obviously, it didn't it didn't go through. Um, but the, these packets that we had created were just contact information for every rep, um, House and Senate, and the bill, and just say why we think it makes sense, and basically asking people, use your voice. If, you want, if you're supportive of it, great. If you're not, that's fine too. But we were giving people the avenue. And then it morphed into something that was a little bit different. It, then it became like, you know, peer-reviewed medical journals. Dr. Ioannidis was one of the main ones that we had put out that was a big, big deal when he was basically predicting where we are now. Years ago, mm -hmm. you know, he was trashed for it. And now you fast forward two years later, and now the CDC is using his information again. But, um, and it became this sort of thing where it almost became its own little attraction, its own little beast. So we were having people drive from a real rancho from across town, um, both left and right. This wasn't just a, this is a nonpartisan thing. This is an American yeah. thing. Yeah. And they were thanking us for putting something together and taking some kind of a stance. And so that's kind of evolved a little bit over time. And, you know, you fast forward a little bit longer and we said, you know, we need to be able to do something else, right? And so we came up with this idea of carnivore contraband. And it was kind of a running joke for a little while, but the objective was put together products, create an additional revenue stream to protect the company, but then also maybe we can use money from that to put, to give to people that are actually out there fighting the good fight. Um, and so we were working on that forever. We came up with this barbecue sauce. It's the same sauce that's in the restaurant. What the, there's two sauces. Great the, stuff, by the way. Thank you. Love it. That recipe is actually interesting because it took me a, a year, year and a half to actually formulate that recipe. It took a long time. But the one that we have available through the website and in store is the sweet heat, the carnivore sweet heat. And then we also have our T-shirts that we just rolled out, which are a ribs branded tee that just say proudly unwoke in the, on the front right Love across it. the chest. I'll wear it proudly. <laughs> we appreciate that. <laughs> um, 
And so the whole objective is, you know, put money, you know, put your money where your mouth is. And so um, a pretty good portion of the proceeds out of this, any of the money we make is going to Project Veritas. Um, because if you really look out, it took a long time to identify the right company or group or people. We were thinking local, we were thinking kids, we're thinking, you know, human trafficking, we're thinking all these things. But really what this is about to us is fighting uh, crony global elitism. Because that's really what this is about, cronyism, mm -hmm. globalism, and elitism. And so right now, at least, it looks like Project Veritas, who is a not-for-profit, is the only one that's really pushing against hard. They're doing some good work. I love what they're doing. They're exposing a lot of these people. The one thing they did on the CDC alone is worth, you know, their weight in gold. It was fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, and I know there's a lot of press and news out there about James O'Keefe and such. Um, you know, I, I can't speak to them being factual. I have, you know, grain of salt everything, I guess. Uh, but I, I definitely would question when you go to his Wikipedia page, the, the narrative that's being told there is being uh, factually accurate. But so that's where we're at now. And so we just launched this product this week. Um, we have it available online and in-store. You can also just buy online and then do an in-store pickup, whatever anybody wants to do. But 25% of the profits go directly to Veritas um, in trying to help fight the good fight. That's awesome, Asa. I love it. Thank so, you. so I've also got my other guest. She's going to be with me throughout the entire show today. I think Ace is going to have to leave before the show's over. But I've got my friend Sharon with me, and you're a registered nurse, right, Sharon? <laughs> I think is, so. Is that your actual, or at least uh, you're trying to be a registered nurse? Um, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. For as long as they let me. Exactly. Uh, I'm a registered nurse since 1991. I started. I was originally licensed in New York. And uh, I went right into the ICU, um, gravitated toward cardiac surgery. And that's basically I was doing cardiac surgery, ICU, and operating room for uh, the most of my career. Uh, 2020, to uh, make this concise, um, I had obtained uh, a nursing educator position for heart failure. Um, I earned it. I was making very good money. Uh, COVID came along. Oh. The CVID, the whatever CVID, we're calling the it Rona. here. Yeah. Do we get censored here? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. I, so I might uh, censor you. It's like, you know, I don't like that word. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so it, it came along and uh, they threatened, like, well, I said, what if I don't want to go to the ICU? I have this brand new position. I've only been in it for one month. What if I don't want to go? What if I, I really want my job? I earned this. Well, then you won't have a job. Basically, I was told by the person that was kind of supervising me. So, of course, I went off to help because, you know, none of us really knew exactly what was going on. I'm a nurse, and I do that, and I did it on 9-11 in New York as well. So I had a little bit of a flashback and uh, went to the ICU. Uh, I asked for cardiac, and I kind of escaped the COVID unit for a while mm -hmm. uh, because they needed to shift everybody. Did that. After um, four weeks, I asked for my job back. Um, I got silence. At five weeks, I asked for my regular job back. I got hostility. At six weeks, I said, I'm not doing this anymore because they were going to shift me from the cardiac unit to the COVID unit. And I had already gotten a clue that this was BS. Yeah. I knew there was an organism that was causing some illness, but I had been through the swine flu thing. I'd, I've just seen a lot and I'm an infection preventist. I actually have that certification. So I was just paying attention and um, I said, I'm not going to do this anymore. And they put me on unpaid leave. That was, am I allowed to say who that was? Sure, please do. That was Presbyterian, oh. Albuquerque. Yeah. 
that was Presbyterian. So I went to Loveless Heart Hospital, took a $20,000 a year pay cut, uh, went back to staff nursing in a, the heart a procedure recovery area, worked my tail off. We had very poor staffing. It kept getting worse. And then everyone got the injection. I will not call it a vaccine. No, I won't either. Because I'm a clinician who actually reads evidence-based papers. I know what the definition of a vaccine is. And by the way, I think Webster's Dictionary has changed it. Yeah. yeah. Just unreal, isn't it, Mesa? So, oh, by the way, I'll be trying your barbecue sauce as oh, soon as possible. Let me know what you think. It's yeah, amazing. yeah. <laughs> so um, I was gifted with that today. And the packaging is amazing. It's really, really cool stuff. You know, like when you it buy is. wine and yeah. So anyway, I digress. Um, so basically I have, um, I left after being bullied and coerced, basically, surrounded by my coworkers. I actually had them say these words. Come on, Sharon, just bite the bullet and take it, right? Oh, my god! And I, I knew it wasn't a regular vaccine. It's right. messenger RNA, and it needs a nanoparticle carrier to get even get through the cell membrane, right? So it's a lipid nanoparticle because your cell membrane, now I won't get too scientific here, but the cell membrane is, is lipid. So to get through it, you need a lipid coating because otherwise it will degrade by the time it gets in. That's why all the boosters. Right. However, when it goes in now, it's not staying where it's supposed to stay. Oh, no. It's crossing the blood-brain barrier and all sorts of other things. So I, I'm sure a lot of the people listening have done their own research and have some information on this. But uh, So I left. I left. I, I wasn't going to take harassment. I wasn't fired. I left. And they actually paid me for two weeks I wasn't there because I think they knew I could have sued them for what was going on. I had documentation, what people were saying to me and how they were treating me. So I actually got paid for two weeks to be home looking for a new job. Oh, well. Thank you, Loveless. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, at least Loveless paid us when we went for the quote-unquote second wave. And I, I got deployed from my regular job there, too, to the ICU. Right. They paid us bonuses and stuff, at least. Presbyterian did not. Oh. Crazy thing. Yeah. So. Well, you know, how... Pfizer is one of the companies, okay? They're the worst. And for the longest time, they've been forcing people, coercing them, threatening your job. If you don't get the shot, then you're going to lose your job. The government passing mandates, our tiny tyrant passing mandates, Joe Biden passing mandates. And... It seems like it's just one executive order and mandate after the other. It seems like the rule of law no longer exists. And yet, these people were being forced to take this shot, and they were not being given informed consent, which is, according to the law, you're supposed to receive informed consent, not only on just a, a United States law level, but on a national level international level well, they Nuremberg were, trials they were Nuremberg just going stuff. by the willing sheep yeah consent well right they were they and were that's not proper they it's were using legal. ignorance and people's fear to make them do what they wanted them to do and in any case so Pfizer one of them did not provide any of the information normally like when you pick up a prescription at the pharmacy you, re you receive this you know this 
data sheet, this huge data sheet, giving you information on it so that you understand the risk or you know any, anything about it so that you can make an informed choice. But people didn't get a choice in this case. I, I was talking about this last week. I went to a, a protest in Roswell and I was talking to some of these people that were coming out of this Democrat delegate convention up there. And I had this woman actually say that, oh, well, if you have a choice to take the shot or lose your job, that's a choice. And it's like, these people have got a real screwed up way of thinking. And so anyway, so now, because of a lot of pressure, I'm seeing an article out of, of all places, Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, in which a 55,000-page set of documents, which were released, I think it was last week or the week before, was it? You know about that, Sharon? Yes. Yeah. So thank you for sending that because yeah. it led me to the web website, which is their resource. And I printed the entire document out, which is a whole bunch of pages. I haven't had a chance to go through the whole thing yet, but, you know, yeah. we can hit the high points. Well, PHMPT, which is an organization that's been fighting and going up against the FDA for quite a while, calling mm -hmm. them out on their stuff and their illegalities, um, sued the FDA for the information that Pfizer was trying to hide for 75, 75 years. 75 years. And then the FDA tried to pull, uh, well, let's, let's make it 55. Well, no, they lost in court. And do you know the date of the day they lost in court where, thank God, a sensible judge ruled in favor of us getting the information january 6th oh I, of all dates i love that yeah i i just really love yeah. that and i thought i'd bring that up uh, i wonder if that's a coincidence i don't know <laughs> well it's just <laughs> it was on the court docket for that day yeah. but I, I i tend to think things are spiritual so but uh, but this article's talking about how now this is this is interesting okay this is something that you're probably, a lot of people probably believe, oh, well, Pfizer didn't have any idea. There were all these adverse events that would gonna, were going to happen. But the truth of the matter is, is that when Pfizer applied for the FDA approval, they were already aware of almost 158,000 adverse events. That's right. They, were, they, they knew what was going on in the VAERS report. They did, and the VAERS report, I would like everyone to keep in mind that that's a voluntary reporting system, and it's mostly from providers, physicians, PAs, nurse practitioners, and it represents only a fraction, a small fraction of what was actually happening because there was pressure against even using that system. The system was very user-unfriendly. It was very long, and if you've ever been to a doctor's appointment, you know that it's in and out. And yeah. there is not a lot of time. Yeah. Okay. So in between patients, you're doing this documentation as a provider and you're being bullied and coerced not to do so by everyone around you. Right. So imagine what the real numbers are. Right. It's often when something is, when you hear about something, you're only hear about, hearing about the tip of the iceberg. And I, I've heard that actually the events that are actually getting reported for various reasons, kind of like what you're talking about, how the system is very uh, cumbersome, it's hard to use, that a lot of people, a lot of things don't get reported just because it's complicated to report them. And I've heard that 
they, that, and this is probably a conservative estimate, that maybe only about 10% of the actual cases actually get reported. You know, just like when you listen to the news every day and you hear about, oh, well, there was a murder or so-and-so in some place. Well, that's only the one that got reported. Or any time you hear about something, that's only the thing you hear about. Or like when somebody gets caught drunk driving. Do you think that's the first time they ever drunk right. uh, drive? Yeah, it's only that's the first time they got caught. It's the iceberg. It's yeah. what's underneath. And, um, you know, a lot of people would probably call us out for saying that because we can't prove it. But, um, well, according to um, CDC VAERS site, about 13 out of every 1,000 people were having adverse reactions just in the first 90 days. That's huge. And then 6.6% .6 of those were serious side effects. So we're talking about death, myocarditis, pericarditis, neurological problems. So, and by the way, I'm getting some of this information. I would like to give a shout out, since you give a shout out to Project Veritas, which I am in. You know, James O'Keefe wrote to me on Messenger. <laughs> how cool. I had commented on one of his stories and he wrote to me, I, you know, about how I'm a nurse for 30 mm -hmm. years and blah, blah, blah. And he said, thank you so much for your service and, and stuff like that. So anyway, uh, I want to give a shout out to him, but um, I also want to give a shout out to uh, WikiLeaks, but that's not what I was going to say. I <laughs> know, I like them too. Um, the Epoch Times. I'm very, very Is that picky. pronounced Epoch or Epic? I, I never you know can. I'm not even sure. <laughs> well, they're Epic, <laughs> but it's spelled E-P-O-C-H. I know. It looks like Epoch. So, so I say Epoch, but... What uh, do you think, Ace? Is yeah. it Epoch or Epic? I've always thought Epoch as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, I'm really picky about where I get my news because I, I want to get it from a source that has, like, everything. I get a lot of stuff from them, too. I, I subscribed. And yeah, the, me too. The Epoch TV, by the way, uh, they have stuff that you know, YouTube would probably get rid of. Sure. So that's really awesome. I subscribed. I never subscribed to news, but I got a lot of the information from them and I listened very cautiously. And I just want to mention that, yes, I'm a registered nurse, but everything that I am saying here is from either CDC or sources that are evidence-based. And uh, so everything is factual here. There is no attacking my license which has been threatened to all of us. We've all gotten letters from the, either the state board or the medical practicing boards. My nurse practitioner friend got one, all warning us against the misinformation that now some of the things we've been talking about, the CDC is admitting. Right. It's incredible. And we, we've been censored from saying. Hey, Sharon, why don't we take it? We're yeah. going to take a short okay. break and then keep that thought. And we're going to continue that after a short break. So we'll be right back. Hard to find used car or truck parts? Looking for honest general mechanics work at affordable prices? Call my friend Joe at Southwest Auto Recyclers. Serving New Mexico for 30 years, veteran owned and operated at 4025 Broadway Boulevard, Southeast in Albuquerque. Call 505 877 3331. 505 877 3331. 
Ribs Barbecue in Cedar Crest, New Mexico believes all positive things derive from freedom, liberty, and choice. Ribs is the conduit for heroes just like you. Go to ribsbbq.com and find carnivore contraband to support the fight against the crony global elitist. Ribsbbq.com. Everybody, we're back. Okay, that just kind of jumped right out at me there. Anyway, so I'm here with uh, Asa from Ribs Barbecue and my good friend Sharon, the registered nurse, and you are listening to Freedom Speak with Becca Marie, and this is KDAZ, 96.9 FM, 700 AM, and you can also listen online at conservativetalkabq.com. And we're talking a little bit about uh, medical tyranny. We're talking about how this FISA report came out recently, talking about all of these uh, adverse events that they have been trying so hard to cover up. So... Sharon, continue your thought that you had before the break. Well, uh, first of all, I just want to state that a lot of my information is, all of my information that I'm stating today is evidence-based. I scan over the people that are reporting on this stuff to make sure that they have been looking at evidence-based research and uh, sources. And um, I just wanted to mention this website that's really important to the public. It's phmpt.org. They have been going up against the FDA for years and their lawsuit to get the Pfizer vaccine, which is not a vaccine, study data out and from hiding, uh, they won in court. And I will tell you that the court um, transcripts are on their website um, as well as the documents. And they will be pouring out 10,000 pages every 30 days until August when the entire document will be released. I urge everyone to visit that website. It is a lot of reading. I urge you to scan it, summarize it, and share it with your neighbors, especially people who have been vaccinated. Mm -hmm. We have people that we love who have been vaccinated, and I did call them sheep earlier. Um, I have someone very close to me as well as family members that have taken the vaccine and you know, sometimes I want to take the sheep thing back, but I'm, I'm a little angry that that happened because I have to worry about them now. I, I am too. I, I'm angry that, you know, they're, what they're doing is they're taking advantage of the fact that most people don't take the time like we do to really dig in and find the truth. A lot of people don't have the time. A lot of people have very, very busy lives. They barely have enough time to take care of their family, go to their job get some rest and do the things that they have to do in life. And I have kind of made this my mission over the past couple of years. And you have too, I know. You've done a lot. And Asa has too. We all have. Uh, you know, and I would take it a step further. <clears throat> they're not just uh, taking advantage of that fact. They're counting on that fact. Yes. I mean, how much time does it take to go through all these things and make, make smart decisions, mm -hmm. especially when the information is nebulous and you can no longer count on the fourth estate to support you? to right. give you the information you need. Right. So you go to these these groups, you were talking about epic, ep epoch times. You know, if you're on one side, they're gonna be looked at crazy conspiracy theorists, but at least at a minimum, you can get a story that you wouldn't normally hear and then go fact check it. And you know, when I talk about with my, um, I have family members and stuff that are on the other side of the story and, and, and so on. And I'm, I'm like, look, I'm not making things up or just going to like, you know, this crazy conspiracy.com. Like, this is on the government's website. Yeah. It, they are putting it out themselves, but they know either you're not going to read it, the, the mainstream media is not going to carry it, and even if they do, you're not going to believe it. So they're counting on it. Yeah. Well, they have to put it out, right? 
but they don't have to let everyone know it's there. Absolutely. It's like it's like the uh, at the FBI vaults with the you know Kennedy assassination mm -hmm. stuff that's up there now. Is it, you think they're gonna re tell you? Oh, go to the no. FBI vault and read this. You you weren't a conspiracy theorist after all. Right. Sometimes so. it's out there and they just don't make it clear <laughs> about where it is. Exactly. Right. Uh, and and they know that people are busy. Um, they keep us busy, especially with a, a crumbling economy. They keep the working families extremely busy, just trying to make a living and survive. So how are they going to be, you know, breaking down news like like we do? And you know, I, I happen to be lucky. I am still working, and I know that probably makes a lot of people angry that I'm an RN and I am unvaccinated. It's not a vaccine. I get the flu shot every year, by the way. I probably I've never had one I probably, of those either. I probably won't anymore, but I'm not an anti-vaxxer. Just yeah. putting that out there. Yeah. yeah. I just do my research, and I take into my body what I choose to put in my body. And it should be your choice. My body, my choice. What happened to that? I don't know. Apparently, uh, it no longer applies anymore. I see. I see. It got killed. Yeah. yeah. Those people that were saying Along that, the they're babies. really having a hard time making that case now because they mm. can't use that phrase anymore because... They, 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 they're all for pro-abortion, but they're really not for pro-choice. They're really not about my body, my choice. That's not really what it's ever been about. And now that's become incre incredibly obvious. Well, we're talking about very fragile, um, susceptible minds here. Hip yeah. Hypnotizable minds. Yeah that are easily brainwashed so they're going to flow with whatever way the narrative is going there is not a lot of critical thinking going on no have you ever been to have you ever been to uh, either one of you guys have you ever been to like one of those shows where there's like a hypnotist there and they're they're hypnotizing people and, and those are real i mean I, I went to one of those well, i've been to a couple of those with a friend of mine that was very susceptible to being hypnotized <coughs> excuse me and she got hypnotized both times. One time she went up and they get hypnotized her. And, and the lady that was sitting next to me in the audience, she said, is she real? Is that real? Is she real? I said, oh yeah, trust me, she is. And one time we went to another one of these shows because they're really entertaining. You know, they have people doing all kinds of funny things on the stage and then they don't remember anything about it afterward. And a lot of people probably think that it's all just a show, but it's really not. It really is real. And so one time I was at one of these shows and my friend was sitting beside me and they were doing an example of how they could hypnotize people in the audience along with the people on the stage. And maybe about a third, maybe more of the people in the audience, when he said, when I snap my fingers, you'll fall deeply asleep, they were out just like that, including my friend. Wow. And she's like there and her, head, her head's just on my shoulder and she's just out, she's gone. And it's like, no, she's gone, you know. And, and a lady said, is she really? Uh, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, totally. But see, the thing is that just goes to show you can use that example about how easily people can be manipulated by if they're, especially people that they just spend their day watching, say, Fox News, okay, or whatever. And they're watching it and they're hearing just, throughout the day and they're not really paying attention, but they could be very well being just completely brainwashed without even knowing it and not remember that they were brainwashed and yet those ideas become part of their thinking, part of their subconscious thinking. 
and they don't even realize it's happened. And I really do believe that that's been done to a large amount of the population around the entire world, not just in the United States, over the past couple of years. Because I've seen behavior demonstrated by people that I've known for years that I always thought were logical, even people that were people that with PhDs and, and, and engineering degrees in which they just started just really believing some really, really just out there crap. And it's like, really? It's like, you really believe that? And it's like, what happened to that person I used to know that was logical and was always asking questions and taught me how to critically think? Now, <clears throat> one reason why I believe I haven't been affected by any of this is I've proven over and over again that nobody's ever been able to hypnotize me. So apparently I'm not susceptible to any of that programming. I think I'm with you. Uh, I think uh, the level of suggestibility mm -hmm. in humans is, is variable. And um, I used to be a liberal, but I have critical thinking skills I believe I obtained through my nursing. Mm -hmm. And that's why I switched over. And it's not way to the other side, but um, I reject a lot of that now because I understand mind control techniques and I've yeah. done a lot of reading. And I, I believe that my career has helped me because it's the way you think. Mm -hmm. I think it's an interesting, you brought up people that have PhDs or educated or what have you. And it, it's interesting because I, I have, so working at the labs, I knew all these people that had PhDs, masters, all, all the, you know, wide ver variants of degrees. And uh, a colleague of mine, a former colleague of mine, um, we would speak about this topic and he'd be like, how can they think that, you know, they're double doctorate, da da da. I'm like, and I just be like, you got to stop. Has this, nothing to do it with it. Nothing to do with it. And the reality is, I think suggestibility could be turned on and off depending on the topic. Mm -hmm. I think this is one of those things. This goes beyond uh, just what you're seeing in the news and indoctrination or whatever. This is a faith-based propaganda machine. It's, it's like a religion. It is. Because, yeah. I mean, I have had people tell me Fauci is God, verbatim. And that's the thing is that when when you're I can't convince somebody that is religious that goes to church and does all their thing that God doesn't exist it doesn't work like that it's faith yeah. you, there's no factual argument or scientific data I can give you that's going to go the other direction and that's how it works I truly believe that people are on that side it is a faith it is a religion and that machine whatever you want to call it the crony global elitism that is their God and I I, I think that's just the simplest way to boil it down because you there's no information. I mean, how many facts do we need? How much? How many times do I need to read the Constitution to people? And they're just like, nope, 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 nope. I know. Cog I know. Cognitive dissonance. Yeah. yeah buyer's yeah. remorse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've been talking, that's why I've been talking about this so much over the past couple of years. I've been trying to deprogram some people, hopefully, mm -hmm. by by not providing them with propaganda, but providing them with facts Data. Yep. and it's trying to get people to think. The only way you're going to be able to get through to people is if you can get them to think and you can get them to, to be curious and ask questions. Mm -hmm. And that's what I do in this show is I ask questions and I try to get other people to ask questions. I'm looking forward to the day when we're live and I got people calling in yeah, asking questions. I, I would love to hear those questions. By the way, I've been getting people 
I, I had one guy the other day actually called into the ra- into the radio station's phone and left me a couple of voicemails. Oh, that's cool. And and sir, you didn't leave your I didn't catch your name on either one of those voicemails, but I enjoyed your calls. Thank you, and I would love to hear more of them. And when we go live, I would love for you to be my first caller calling in. And I've been getting emails from people to my email address, and that's good. I want you to ask questions. I want you to make comments. And, and when you do, I'll mention them here on the show. I, I totally will. I think, you know, you were just hitting on a, on a point about, um, oh, oh, uh, it's, so I want to go back. We talked about this a little bit earlier on. You know, this is not a right or a left issue. This is an American issue. And this is, and so it was funny. So we rolled out these, these proudly unwoke t-shirts this week, right? Yeah. And I was kind of, I did this like campaign leading up to it and, and so on. And one of our customers, a loyal customer of the restaurant, contacted me direct because um, I, I, I put like a funny thing at the end of the emails, like send uh, hate mail here to my email and then please <laughs> yeah. text or call death threats. And I gave him my real phone number. <laughs> and uh, so this woman contacts me, very nice lady. Right. Um, definitely on the other side of the story, but that, it doesn't matter. And she wanted to meet and talk with me about divisiveness. And... Um, and so I met with this, this gal a couple weeks ago on a Thursday. We talked for 45 minutes. It was a fantastic conversation. And one of the things that, you know, I, I was, the message I was trying to convey is that this, this, this proudly unwoke, um, really what it is is it's not about being divisiveness or being divisive. It's about unifying people behind what used to be the American way, right, which is we have values and ideals, mm-hmm. you know, freedom, choice, and liberty. And if you're in the camp of freedom, choice, and liberty, the rest of the stuff really can fall away and is in the minutia. Everything is driven by that. If you're in the camp that you don't believe in freedoms and choices and liberty, then yes, I will put you outside that. I'll, I will be divisive against you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just, you have to have a line somewhere and that's just the truth. Yeah. Um, but speaking to this woman was fantastic because it resonates with our customer base out there um, and across you know, a lot of Albuquerque is that you know, ribs really wouldn't have survived the pandemic, the pandemic, as you said, um, <laughs> if it weren't for the fantastic customers. You know, these people come out in droves. When we were shut down and it was cold, they're outside and it's 20 degrees, blanketed up on our patio because we didn't have a heater at that point just to come support right. us. Words can't tell you the, how grateful uh, the carnivore crew is for everything that our fantastic guests have, have done for us. But anyway, I digress. You know, I really think that this is the biggest topic that needs to be, one of the biggest topics that needs to be discussed about this fundamentally is this is not right or left. This is an American issue. I don't, you know, we stand for freedom, liberty, and choice, or we, we should. We should. That's what this country was founded on. And those are the ideals that differentiate us from every other country on earth and going backwards in history. Our constitution doesn't give us rights. It tells us, tells the government what they cannot do. Mm-hmm. It's a restraint, right? Right. And, you know, a lot of constitutions around the world don't look like that. No, like even the one in Canada even. Yeah. It gives people rights. Right. It, doesn't, it doesn't protect rights. It's, right. It's different. Yeah, those rights are, we are born with those rights. Yes. And then the constitution tells the government what they cannot do. It's a stronghold against them. And I think people have to really remember that. Like, yeah, yeah, there's other free nations on earth of course there are um you know using the term free loosely how you know however you want to personally define it but we are unique in the way we operate and how that constitution is written and how it's how it was in its original founding mm-hmm. so well you you mentioned dr fauci and you know yeah where is fauci? Uh, that's my line is fauci <laughs> because back to the days of hiv hiv research oh, yeah. that guy was a creep and i just couldn't believe when he was put in charge in the beginning that's when i started to know like right away because right. i'm i'm a nurse a i long got a lot time. of questions I remember. on that 
Well, Dr. Rand Paul, Senator Paul, has introduced legislation preventing health dictatorships, and he wants to rid Fauci of his job, basically, and split the you know that whole realm up into three sections with people that are passed through our Congress. Yeah. Well, the so, fact that that guy uh, makes over, what, $400,000 a year, that's insane. Too much power. Yeah. Too much power, absolute power. And uh, that's where I draw the line is that guy. Get rid of that guy, and we got a lot of problems solved because people do believe in him. He comes across as very kind, but I, I see him and my skin crawls because I know it's fake. Yeah. Do, do you think he's... This is a question I keep asking myself because I, you know, I, I speak nebulously about the crony global elites, and you can categorize them and put them in buckets however you see fit. But like I think of, think about people like Fauci, Dayzak, Gates, all the like, are they pawns or are they actually the people behind all of this pulling the strings? I think they're soldiers. Okay. I think they're soldiers, and uh, they've been appointed. Uh, they've been appointed because they have lots of money and power and influence, and they were bought over. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Some of them maybe even be threatened, but they seem to like what they're doing. Yeah, I, I'm. My, the jury's out on that, but I do believe they are the soldiers and the appointees. I believe the people in charge are just. We don't have their names. Yeah. We can assume what groups they're affiliated sure. with, but we I've, don't have I've their been names. kicking around that idea for a while, and it's like, is it is it like? It may not even be an actual conscious coordinated effort. It may be just simply it's it's beneficial to a lot of people. Like, for instance, what's going on with this whole thing with one booster after the other. And you've got people that they're getting a lot of money. And then it's beneficial to politicians who are also getting a lot of money. It's beneficial to these big, huge pharmaceutical companies which are making a lot of money and they want to keep making a lot of money and then you've got people that like we talked about that have been brainwashed i i was out the other day and i saw some teenagers outside wearing a mask i'll say don't they've tell me don't tell me don't tell me <laughs> yeah they've brainwashed children okay and it's like whatever happened to that rebellious nature of teenagers of, of like when I was a kid. It's like we'd rebel against anything just because you wanted us to do it. I see some of the hardest looking people on Central in Albuquerque wearing a mask outside. I'm like, yeah. what? I'm so confused by seeing this. I, I'm really confused. <laughs> in, the, in the international district, the war zone, you know? Yeah. It's such an interesting sight. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, so what I'm thinking we've got here is we've got a combination of things going on. We've got a combination of greed. We've got a com combination of, of the little people that are being brainwashed into going along with with the idea because i mean the drug companies are making billions of dollars and and they would love for these boosters to go on into perpetuity and because there are certain and even this this whole concept of this declared emergency this this national temporary emergency they don't want this emergency to go away because this emergency this means powers. that they are getting money yep. they're making money they get they the government gives them money even the hospitals are making a huge profit off killing people i mean they are they they're getting a huge amount of money for putting people on a ventilator they're getting a huge amount of money for simply classifying something as a COVID death. Yeah. And so they're classifying everything as a COVID death 
because they're making money off of it. There's just so much greed going on right now, which is probably part of the problem. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think it's hard to put a, like, if it's this, like, organized cabal that it, that meets every month. Yeah, I don't like, know if it's that simple. I, I don't think it's that simple. I think it's there's an opportunity. And people saw it, and they're, you know, even our governor, right? I, I, I don't think that she's behind all these nefarious activities. I think that there was an opportunity that presented itself, and she's like, here's a way to gain more power. Right. Um, and that's what happened, I think, nationally and globally. However, I still think that, you know, you have these people at these insanely high levels that are so intelligent, they can't possibly be ignoring the, inf the data that's in front of them without knowing, like, they'd have to know it and just be like, well, but and this is what we're going to do. It's just, a, it's, it's illogical. Well, those are the people that are leaking to project, the people like Project Veritas. Veritas yes. So I'm um, very grateful for those people, by the way. They're actual heroes, you know. Oh, they're brave. Yeah. Very, very like, I mean, brave. So you, you had said you were being um, harassed and so on at your, your positions. And one of the things that, you know, I always think about, like you hear about these things anecdotally, like, oh, this nurse had to leave because of so-and-so and so. And it's like, but when you, he when you hear the human effect, the ground level, what that looked like, the letters you're getting, and the, the human interaction, the treatment you're, you know, that you're receiving in, in that level of interaction with humans, it, it changes the tone a little bit. Because it's really easy to read on a piece of paper, oh, you know, we're short 6,000 nurses or whatever the story may be. But when you hear it and you see it at the ground level, it's very different. And I think about that with the people at Veritas because those people are putting up some significant personal risks to do those, to take those actions, you know? And it's, it's uh, one of the things we have at the restaurant, we have a giant sign that says courage is contagious. And it's really important that we're all courageous or yeah, courage, yeah. <laughs> courageous. Cause it's so important to have courage, especially now and you have to be able to be willing to go against the grain. And if people like us aren't helping our, our fellow man, our fellow patriot, um, you know, what hope is there? Those of us that are more courageous needs to stand up for those that aren't. Absolutely. That's all I can say. Some people just simply are not courageous. Yeah. Some people are used to just living their life. Like I was talking to somebody about this the other day. Like there are people that do these, these jobs that, that I would, I would not want to do jobs that are very repetitive where you go into the same place every day and do the same thing over and over again. There's a certain amount of comfort that goes along with that about no pressure and no stress and you know exactly what to expect every day. So you go in and do the same thing over and over every day. And a lot of people, that's what they're comfortable with. These are people that are not courageous. These are people that are not going to go against the grain and go out and risk, take a risk. You know, like you as a business owner, I, I'm, I'm a business owner too. And I know that takes a lot of risk. It's a lot of uncertainty. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. It's like, wow, you, you, you got to ignore those things like, well, am I going to get enough business tomorrow to pay the bills? Right. It, it, right. And it, is enough food going to come in for me to cook or whatever, right, like right. you, whatever things you deal with right. in your business. So being a business owner and being self-employed, you don't know where your next, you have to create your next paycheck. So you have to be self-directed. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm a sole proprietor now too. Yeah. Due to the mandates. You have to have a, a sense of self-direction and uh, unique ability to lead your life instead of being told your script. Uh-huh. It is a lot easier to just get up and follow the, the script and drone on, but you're, you might wind up very depressed. And um, some people have been beat down so badly by life and, mm -hmm. and things that go on that um, that's all they can do. Yeah. But it would be lovely to show them the light. 
Well, you know, even these people that you, we were talking about, people that are highly intelligent, people that are with PhDs, engineers, scientists, things like that. You've got people working over at, like, for instance, Sandia Labs, okay? Highly intelligent, highly educated people. But yet, a lot of those people may be that kind of person like I just mentioned, where they go into the same place every day, they work in the same office every day, they, they know what they're going to be doing every day, and they're comfortable with that. And, and out, they're not used to getting outside their head and, and, and taking a risk and doing these sort of things. So those kind of people can be just as easily controlled. As, and I think maybe people like us that are self-directed, maybe that's part of what it is that makes us who we are. Well, universities don't teach critical thinking. No. They have a course agenda. You know, so you can have all of this information and book knowledge and still not be able to really critically think. Mm -hmm. A degree doesn't mean anything. I think we're onto uh, something. You know what that. else schools don't teach? Civics. Yeah, oh, yeah, civics. right? Yes. And that's very, very important. They teach pronouns, though. Pronouns. Mm. <laughs> hey, um, Asa, are you going to stick around a little bit longer? Or? I actually need to get going. Okay, so Asa's not going to be with us after the break. So, Asa, why don't you go ahead and plug your business, and you've got a couple minutes to do that. Absolutely. Thank you very much. It's been great being here with you guys. I hope to come back at some point in the future. It's been awesome. So, uh, ribsbbq.com <laughs> is the website, Carnivore Contraband. 25% um, of the proceeds from the barbecue sauce and the tea sold are going to Project Veritas to basically rage against the crony global elitists. That's right. Do it. Go to ribsbbq.com, and his commercials are playing today. You'll hear them uh, probably another time at least throughout the show and throughout the week, and I would suggest going to his website. And if you haven't been to Ribs Barbecue in Cedar Crest, go there. It's worth I'm going to go there tonight. I'm going to go have a ribeye and a baked potato on a salad. That's You've earned it. I have. I have. <laughs> I want to plug one more thing. Yes. I want to recognize the heroes in the Ribs story, and that is the, the loyal guests that can have continued to support us for years through all these challenging times. Thank you, thank you, thank you. They have been fantastic. I mean, for uh, for the past couple of years, I've been plugging your business when you were just struggling to get along and say, please go out there. And they were, people were going out, they were coming from all over That's the place and, and getting takeout or whatever you could offer at the time. And it's it was always great and I'm glad you guys made it, so. Thank you. Um, anyway, so we're coming up on a break, and so what we're going to be talking about coming up is, let's see, do you think we've beat the Pfizer reaction? We haven't really talked about some of the specific things. Maybe we'll talk about that a little bit with Sharon, my nurse friend, and also I want to talk about how they want to keep this emergency going on forever. There is some real motivation there, and we just mentioned why. So they want to keep up the fear. They were going to bring out one variant after the other, and you people got to educate yourself. You got to realize what's going on. <clears throat> you got to realize that these people are benefiting from keeping this so-called emergency going on indefinitely as long as you keep giving into it. So you got to stop believing the propaganda. And trust me, everybody's pushing the propaganda, including Fox News, including Newsmax, and I'm going to talk about that coming up in the next break. So anyway, we're going to be right back to you in a little bit. can run on for a long time, run on for a long time, run on for a long time. Sooner or later, gotta cut you down. Sooner or later, gotta cut you down. 
Go tell that long-tongued liar Go and tell that midnight rider Tell the rambler, the gambler, the backbiter Tell him that God's gonna...